So we, we have uh, finished our series on the presence of God. Hopefully you guys have uh, gotten in tune with seeking his presence on a daily basis. And no matter what situation you're in in life, you can experience his presence. His presence never leaves you, even though some days you, you may not feel his presence or sense his presence or think about his presence. It's still there. So it's not a matter of trying to summon his presence to you. It's just a matter of trying to get into the zone of where his presence is at in your life, right? Uh, today, for the next three weeks, we start today, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about this philosophy that we have about how we're going to conduct church uh, as a community and, and as a gathering of believers. And uh, uh, you'll hear us say this quite often, gather, grow, go, gather, grow, and go. So uh, you know, how, how, do, how is it that we do church around here? Well, we gather, we want to grow, and then we want to go. We just don't want to keep it in the house. And we're going we're gonna to explore each one of these over the next three weeks. This week, we're going to talk about gathering. It's important that we gather together. It's important that we get together. Uh, it's important that uh, we, we remain faithful to that practice of gathering. And not just once a week. It's really good for us to get together multiple times. And we're going to get into that here momentarily. Let's, let's all pray real quick before we get into the word. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is life. Your word transcends through all situations in our life. So allow us to transcend with it today. No matter what we may be facing, no matter what we may be carrying, allow your word to penetrate through all of that and become flesh once again in us, Christ in us. We just thank you so much for your liberty and your freedom that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. 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 Everyone feeling well? Now, now, our evangelist, Brother Mike, back here, hugged my neck and reminded me, this, this starts Black History Month, February, the month of February. So I want to give, give God praise to one of the most influential men in my life that made, has made one of the greatest differences in my life, and I'll honor him right here in Black History Month. Uh, that is the great George Washington Carver, who was an incredible inventor. And I was giving God praise yesterday for George Washington Carver when I had to pass Maddie Howell about four times in the neighborhood as she stood out there selling Girl Scout cookies, <laughs> right? And I finally, and she would just watch me go by with those Maddie eyes. There goes Pastor Dave, and he's not stopping. So I finally, the Lord convicted me. I stopped, and I bought three boxes of peanut butter Girl Scout cookies because peanut butter is one of the greatest things on the face of the planet. If you don't like it, I'm sorry, I'll pray for you. But praise God that the Lord anointed George Washington Carver to invent peanut butter, along with a ton of other things. But he has had a huge impact in my life. So I'm probably not doing the month justice, Brother Mike, but, but hopefully that was at least a good start. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, 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 that's the best offer I got for today. We, we have to get Mike up here to talk about good, real stuff. But peanut butter is good stuff to me, man. I'm serious. That's... All right, let's get into the Word of God, shall we? Today we're going to talk about geese. We're going to talk about James Brown because geese and James Brown both have quite a bit to do with the Word of God and the kingdom of God. Say, how in the world, how in the world does that come together? Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But first, let's get into the word. Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, we'll be reading from the, the, the Passion Translation today. I've been having a lot of fun with that in my own studies. 
Starting with the 19th verse. And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family. Look around. We're all family. These are your brothers and sisters. We're brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus, and he welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the, heavenlies, in the heavenly realm, boldly with no hesitation, for he has dedicated a new life, a new life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him. Boy, isn't that wonderful? Because of the sacrifice of Christ, we don't have to go through all kind of uh, uh, formal uh, uh, rigmarole. You know, we can just boldly go before the throne of God because we have access because of the blood of Jesus. And since we now have a magnific magnificent king priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with the blood to remove impurity, and we have been freed from an accusing conscience, and now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside and out. Woo, praise God that that happened, right? Because under my own accord, I would just be a mess. But because of the blood of Jesus, uh, he's removed a, 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 a guilty conscience from me. He's removed, removed impurities. He's freed, freed us. Uh, he, we're clean. We're, we're uh, unstained and we're presentable in, before God. So now we must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage expressions of love. Now, I, I want to put a little emphasis on this last verse, on this 25th verse. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. Let me say that again. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. As some have formed the habit of doing. Ooh, Paul's preaching to somebody there. Somebody missing church. Man, look at that. As some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. Look at your neighbor and say, I need you. Don't be shy. You can say it. It's all right. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, right? We don't have any creasters in the house, right? Y'all know what creasters are, right? Yeah, everybody shows up on Christmas and Easter, and that's it, right? <laughs> we ain't got no creasters. We should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate, oh, I left out an A, as we anticipate that day dawning. So this is not the time to pull away and neglect each other. Don't start forming a habit of missing, missing out on getting together. Uh, what we want to do is we want to get together. We gather together. It's important that we, that we institute the first part of our uh, of our plan of how we conduct church. Well, what is that? To gather. That's what we've named the whole church, gathering church. What does it mean? We get together. Why? Because we want to encourage each other to do some things for God. We want to encourage each other to keep going. We want to encourage each other when we're down. We want to lift each other up. Now, the Bible actually talks about that uh, the hidden things of God are made known by the things that you can see. So, so some of the ways that the kingdom of God operates, we, you, can, you can see an example just in the way that he created nature. Jesus always talked about, you know, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field. 
the kingdom of God is like a man who went out to sow seed. He would always use nature and practical things to, to establish principles about the kingdom of God. So we're going to talk today about geese. If you want to know why we need to gather together, you don't need to look any further than geese. I don't know if sometimes if you get up early enough, you can see ducks and geese fly off from the lake out here. Uh, sometimes you can see them coming in in the evening uh, to eat. Uh, matter of fact, if you're anywhere near Inspiration Park, you can see ducks flying in formation to land in front of Betsy Ophel's house because she's got a bunch of food she puts out for them. It's Betsy's buffet out there for all these ducks and stuff. But, but if you ever watch geese fly, you notice that they fly in this formation. And there's a reason for that. When geese fly in formation, the hardest worker is the guy who's up front because he has to flap his wings. He's the guy who's starting to flap his wings the most. Well, well if, I don't know if we have it. Do we have any pilots or former pilots or anyone that's worked? At, you know, we, got, we got pilots in here, right? Those of you who fly. So if, if, if geese, if, if you have a goose that's flapping his wings, it's starting to create what? Lift, right? So that means that people that come in right behind them start getting to ride on that lift. And they're not having to work quite as hard. And then they're flapping their wings. And then the geese that line up behind those guys don't have to work as hard. Because all of a sudden, in this formation, you're creating this triangle of lift that's taking place. To, to the point that they say that geese can actually conserve so much energy by flying in formation, by gathering together, by lining up with each other, that they can actually travel 70% further than what they could all by themselves. That's quite, the in, that's, that's quite the increase, isn't it? That they could actually form together and travel. And the only one that's having to work the hardest is the pioneer guy out in the front, the guy who's plowing the way. And when he starts getting tired, guess what? One of these guys that's had it super easy in the back comes around and they take the front. And the guy in the front gets to fall all the way back to the back and coast a little bit. Because the guys in the far back, they're getting the most of the energy. They're actually, they're, they're actually working the most efficiently. Uh, that's, that's pretty phenomenal. Cyclists do the same thing. If you wonder, some of these, uh, 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 Howard, you used to race, you said. And, and that there's, if you ever watch the Tour de France or anything like that, you start seeing guys line up right behind each other. Why? Because you don't have to work. All of a sudden, the guy in the front is, is opening up an air pocket. You line up right behind him, you're not having to work as hard. You know? That's how we need to be. When we gather, that's one reason why we've got to get together. Why? Because some of you have already plowed through some areas of life that I've not encountered yet. Or maybe I'm just starting to go through. And you've already plowed through it. You've had the hard times. You've made the mistakes. You've ran into the walls. You've recovered. You recouped. You've got a wealth of wisdom. Well, if I can line up with you, all of a sudden, I become much more efficient because I can learn from where you've already plowed. I can actually go further than what I could on my own. Why? Because I've gained knowledge from you. I've gained experience just by lining up with you, by coming into formation with you. That's one reason why we've got to get together. Why? Because I've experienced some things that you need. You've experienced some things that I need. And in doing so, we create lift. We start lifting each other up above all the mess 
that God wants to give us victory over. And isn't it neat that he planted in a way that he wants, to, he wants you to be able to transcend? He wants you to be able to be victorious and get up above everything? But all of a sudden, in order to do that, you can't be an island unto yourself. You've got to get together with brothers and sisters. You've got to get together with the family. We've got to f- jump into formation. Why? Because it makes us 70% more efficient. It makes us more powerful. We can actually move on better. Man, no wonder the scripture says in Isaiah chapter 40, but those who wait for Yahweh's grace with experience will, will experience divine strength. They will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles. So what's going to happen when we rise up like wings, when we start getting together and we start creating lift for each other? What's going to happen? Watch what it says. They're going to run their race without growing weary, and they're going to walk through life without giving up. Have you ever been to a point that you felt like giving up in life? You just kind of felt like giving up. And what happens? You start getting together with people that are much more positive, people with an upward view, and all of a sudden you don't feel like giving up anymore. You start thinking, okay, I can make it another day. I can make it another week. I can keep going. I can lift. That's why it's important that we get together to strengthen each other. That's why it's important that we come together to love each other. Well, why? Because I need you to create some lift for me. Man, don't spend any more time in your life around people that are going to create drag. The opposite of lift is drag, right? You start creating drag, it's going to slow you down. You're going to start having to work more, right? You're going to have to put more effort in it. You're going to get... You're going to have to work twice as hard in life, and you're not going to be getting anywhere. How many of y'all have had to deal with people that are just the biggest drag on the planet? Oh, look at that. Yes. (laughs) That's the quickest I've seen Ed respond to anything around here. Yes. Man, don't, don't put me around any more draggy people. I've got too much I need to do for the Lord. I've got too big of an impact I need to make. He's got too big of plans for any of you to, get to, to settle hanging out with draggy people. No, get in here and let's worship together. Let's lift each other up. Let's encourage each other. Matter of fact, Paul just said in Hebrews, he said, look, I encourage you to get together as much as possible. That's why we have women's retreats. So, so the women can get together and lift each other up. Ladies, do you feel like you've been lifted up a little bit? Now, physically, you may feel tired because you've been, like, doing slumber party mode. But do you feel like you've been encouraged? Do you feel like you laughed a little bit? Do you feel like you, you shared and that you connected? And now you, you know, hey, man, look at this. Well, guess what? This week, you get to be 70% more efficient than what you were last week. Why? Because you gathered together. That's why we have Wednesday youth. That's why we have Tuesday women's Bible study, Wednesday men's Bible study. That's why you need to have get-togethers at your house and soirees. Why? But I love because, man, you guys invite me over. I get to eat your food and all that stuff, <laughs> sit on your couch, and I don't even have to clean the dishes or anything. It's great. But I leave out of your homes feeling like I've been lifted up, feeling like I've been encouraged, uh, feeling like, you know, hey, we had our own slumber party kind of, right, Michael, right? Sure. The ladies were away, so me and Michael and Ryan, we got together, watched a movie that was very disappointing. <laughs> But the conversation was priceless, but we got together, we fellowship. We, well, guess what? I was like, I felt like an old man. I was like, man, it's 1230. I'm going home. Man, what is wrong with me? I'm tired. Uh, don't right? Kick you out. Yes. 
Well, he had to kick me in, Ryan. Out. He's like, get out of here, because he was tired. So, but, but no, I left out Friday night feeling, feeling rejuvenated, feeling, feeling lifted up, feeling encouraged. Why? Because we got together. It's important that we get together. So think about it. Geese, be like geese this week. And if it's your week to be in the front and to pioneer through things and to plow through things, well, let the Lord give you strength and don't get discouraged. Why? Because the time's going to come. You're going to get to take a back seat and let somebody else do the driving, okay? That's the way the kingdom of God operates. Now, let's look in Ephesians. Here's a, here's a wonderful principle of why we need to get together. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15, 16. It says, but instead... We will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. So the body of Christ is the church. So who's the body of Christ? Who's the church? Us. So you guys are the body of Christ. He gets to be the head. You guys are his bodies. You're his hands, his feet, his elbows, his knees. We, we, if you're, you're the only Jesus people will encounter this week. You get to be Jesus for someone. Why? Because you are his body, right? It says, for his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together. So we are all closely joined together and constantly connected as one. There needs to be a constant connection between all of us as believers, right? Constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And, and as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. So think about that. Your gifts, I need you to find and operate in what your gift is in life. What is it that you contribute to the body of Christ? Why do I need you to do it? Because in, by you doing it, it blesses the whole body and it perfects me in love. Think about that. Your perfection in life depends on the rest of us. That may be scary to some of you. You may be like, man, I'm doomed. <laughs> it ought to encourage you. Why? Because God loved me so much that he would put me right in the middle of a bunch of loving people and say, Dave, I want to perfect you, but I'm going to use them to help perfect you. That means I never have to be alone. I never have to be isolated. It's not his will for you to be alone, isolated, discouraged, hidden. He wants to put you right in the middle of this incredible body that is fitly joined together. And he's the head. It's really important, though, to understand something as the body, okay? I want everyone to take your hand, put your thumb right here, or do whatever you have to. Put your fingers there, put your hand on your heart, on your neck. Whatever you got to do to feel, there's something pumping it in there. Can you feel it? No? Oh, man, we got to pray for Howard. What is, it's your pulse. It's your heart pumping. He's not only the head of the body, he's also our heart. That's why we've got to come together, because we need to hear his heart. If you had a body with no heartbeat, it's not doing you any good. That body, is it? It's laying flat. It's not animated. It's dead. That's why we got a lot of dead churches around. Why? 
because they're not here in the heart of God. I want more than anything, anything else that we do. I don't care what programs we do. I don't care what outreaches we do. I don't care what we have going on. If we're not hearing the heart of God as a people right here, then, then everything we're doing is in vain. If we can come together and hear his heart, hear his pulse, hear his rhythm, we've got to hear his rhythm. That's what your pulse is. It is a rhythm. It's the rhythm of life in your body. We can all be heading in the same direction, but if we're not in the same cadence, if we're not going, moving at the same time, then we're going to trip over each other. It's going to be a big mess. It doesn't matter that we're going the same direction. We've got to learn to move to the rhythm that God has for this particular body. And it may not be the same rhythm as some other church. That's why we don't need to compare ourselves. Well, this church is doing this. That church is doing that. Well, they, praise God. But what is God wanting us to do right here as a body of believers? We, in order to find out, we've got to gather together to be the body and then to hear his rhythm. All of life has a rhythm. All of life has a rhythm. I've been playing drums since I was eight years old. It was more than just playing drums. It was just more than pounding on things. Because everything that God showed me from the time I was eight years old had rhythm to it. The seasons that we go through have a rhythm. Life has a rhythm. Relationships have rhythm. Communities have rhythm. Everything about life is rhythmic. And in order to get in sync with what he wants, you've got to hear his cadence. You've got to hear his heart. You've got to hear his rhythm. Everyone following? So that brings me to my other contribution, Brother Mike, to Black History Month. Mr. James Brown, who has played a big part in my rhythmic life. Thank you very much. See, I knew I'd recover. See, look at that. From peanut butter to James Brown. Look at that. Now, James Brown, of course, had been around since the early 50s. Matter of fact, James Brown had been around when Little Richard, did you know when Little Richard started getting really popular? And all of a sudden, like, like his song, Good Golly, Miss Molly, like became a hit. Well, his, his record company out in California called him and said, look, we need you immediately to fly back out here and start recording more hits. And so he just sang the same song with different lyrics, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Good Golly, Miss Molly. Then it, what was it, some of the other ones? You know, Tutti Fruity, on oh, Rudy, same song, just different lyrics. And people were buying it like crazy. But he had a tour going on. He needed to finish his tour. Well, of course, back then they didn't have social media and a ton of television exposure and all that stuff. So guess who actually came in and posed as Little Richard? Like put, put a wig on and makeup and everything that Little Richard would have. It was James Brown. Before James Brown became James Brown, he came in, auditioned, and got the part to be Little Richard. Now, he goes on to become James Brown like we know, right? And so he did his thing, and of course he, he had an entire long run at the Apollo, and he came out and did his act. He had that whole act of, you know, I feel good, you know, all that type of stuff, right? That was James Brown. Everybody loved James Brown. And then the 60s came around, and then we went into the 70s, and James Brown's act was starting to get really old. And all these young guys... The young folk weren't all hyped up to go see James Brown. That was just kind of past tense stuff. He wasn't the flavor of the, of the, of the month anymore. 
Then on top of that, his band, his longtime band was like, James, we've been playing for you for almost two decades. You ain't never given us a raise. Can we get a raise? And James said, let me think about that. And so he thought about it. And his answer was to go out and get a couple of guys, Bootsy Collins, Catfish Collins, a bass player and a guitarist, and then their band, who were part of the Detroit funk scene. The funk music was starting to come up. All the urban music was leaving the Motown scene and, and getting a little bit more urban and streetwise and a little bit more funky. You had like Sly and the Family Stone and all that type of stuff. Y'all all right? If we talk a little bit about R&B history here, look, I'm a drummer, right? Everyone thinks I'm a rocker. Yeah, I love rock and roll, but like I grew up on rhythm and blues, right? So, so that was his answer was all of a sudden it was time to perform and the band's sitting there waiting on James. Well, James comes marching in, Bootsy Collins, Catfish Collins, all these young guys. And that was, he paid them. And they went out and started playing. And that became his new band. Well, James decided, well, look, I've got to reinvent myself, so let me get with these guys. And, he, and so Bootsy, like up until then, you've got to understand what Bootsy did on the bass. B Bootsy Collins, up until then, you had, the bass was always the most... Progressive you would get on the bass would be like, you know, under the boardwalk. You remember that? Y'all remember that? Yeah. Under the boardwalk. Oh, yeah, nice. Some of y'all remember. <laughs> and, and so back then, it was like, oh, listen to that bass groove. Well, all of a sudden, guys like Sly and the Family Stone and Bootsy and all that were kind of throwing in all kind of... Right? Yeah, like, kind of like Mike, right? And so James, James Brown was hearing all this stuff, right? You know, all this craziness going on on the bass and funkiness and slapping and thumping and picking and popping and all this stuff. And James, like, couldn't process it. You know, he was, he was used to the, I feel good, you know, please, please. Y'all remember all that? Where they'd have to, like, throw the cape on him and everything else, usher him off. That was his groove. So he was not, like, he couldn't figure out this new thing. And so finally, because of his style, he had a very unique style. Pop music typically falls, the emphasis is on the two and the four. Pop, R&B, all that stuff is typically four, four, which means it's one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That would be the cadence, right? Well, pop music is usually, you know, the emphasis falls on two and four. Boom, pat, dum, dum, pat, dum, pat, dum, pat, dum, pat, dum. You get it, right? You hear it? That's the two and the four. It's one, two, three, four, right? That's pop music. James always put the emphasis on the one. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. So he's all, he finally just said, Bootsy, Bootsy, I can't, un I can't take all this stuff you're doing. But if you'll just give me the one, I can make it work. Do anything you want, two through four. But give me the one. Bootsy was like, what in the world is this old man talking about, right? But then all of a sudden he started figuring out, oh, wait, 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 wait. He's talking about the first beat of the measure, the one beat. So all of a sudden, that's when he started doing all this. Y'all are looking at me like I fell out of a tree. All right, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Turn my drums up. Y'all making me mad. Acting like y'all don't know anything about music. Y'all, yeah, I get my band up here now. Y'all don't play nothing yet. I got to teach them about this rhythm. 
Hang on. Y'all don't, y'all don't do nothing yet. All right, hang on. All right, y'all ready? Let me get my ears on. Is my mic still on? Cole, you got me on? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, hang on, Michael. I'm going to provide my own bass for a second. This is just... Y'all look, y'all look at this. Can y'all hear that? I got my own bass. All right, so pot, like, like, all right, here you go, here you go. We need the emphasis on the one. So it'd be one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One. 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 Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Not yet, not yet, not yet. Hang on, hang on. Look at that. Jake, see, JJ's feeling it. All right, so, so James was like, just give me the one. 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 Everyone say one. 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 There you go. Good God. One. Jump back. Ah, kiss myself. Ow. See? All right, so that's the one, right? Now, and it still works to this day because if I could tell these guys, look, hang on, let me find another kit. Please, because I can't play baseball. Like all right, so guys, all right, Michael, give me the one. All right, give me the one, but make sure you tell JJ what key you're in because JJ's going to pick any key he wants. Y'all know, you know how he is. All right, you ready? So here we go. All right, I'll start out on the one, and then you just join in, and then, J.J., you color it up from there. You can freelance all you want, but come back to me on the one. Ready? So here we go. One. All right, y'all clap. Come on now. Hey, I, I would be absolutely fine turning that into a praise and worship song. All right. Now I'm all discombobulated. Y'all don't go too far because I'm going to get y'all back up here for praise and worship. So. I can, believe it or not. All right, hang on. So here's the whole point of that. Notice we actually just did a little jam session there. Not Didn't really rehearse it or anything hardly. Uh, except for maybe 45 seconds right after sound check or whatever. So, but the point is, they came, we all came back on the one. And then we could freelance all we wanted, but we'd come back on the one, which kept us in cadence. We hit on the one, the first note of the measure, the first beat of the measure, the first downbeat, and then we freelanced and came back, freelanced, came back, funk, came back, grooved, came back. What does that mean? There is a reason why we show up on Sunday morning. So I show up because I want God to be happy with me. Well, he's already happy whether you show up or not. He ain't never been happier, trust me. Because our God, we serve a happy God, right? But if we hit for the sake of us, if we can come in Sunday morning and hit 
on the one, the first day of the week, the first morning out of our week, and hit and hear the heart of God, hear his cadence, hear what he's trying to talk to us. Then you go into life and you freelance. You do anything because your calling is not my calling. Your giftings are not my giftings. The, 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 your journey for this week is not my journey for this week. But we can all, we can all freelance. We can all spread the gospel, spread the kingdom however we need to. And then we come back together on the one. And then we keep going back out. And then we come back together on the one. Why? Because it keeps us in a cadence. That's why it's important to make a habit to be in the house of God. That's why it's important to gather together. That's why it's important. Now, what we could get into intricacies, Michael and I were hitting some of the same beats during that measure, some of the same emphasis during that measure. Why? Because during the week, it's important for us at times to get together. It's important for us to be in and out of each other's homes. It's important to get together for Bible study here and there. It's important to have youth fellowship and children's plans and all this stuff. Why? Because it keeps us in a cadence. It keeps us in a beat. It keeps us focused on the heartbeat of what God is wanting to do in this church. That is why we need to gather together to create lift, to lift each other up, and to hear his heart, to hear his cadence. Some of you may not realize this. Sometimes you may occasionally hear it. There's a click that we all play with up here. It's in our, our headphones. While you guys are hearing beautiful music, am I, am, I'm, like, I'm hearing drums and a click. Click, 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 click. While Ryan's out here singing something beautiful, right? And behind him, I'm hearing click, click. Why? Because it's keeping us all on rhythm so that you guys can sing a song that's well-timed and well-put together. But for all of us, we're hearing a heartbeat. And we're able to play according to that cadence. So I want everybody to stand up. Everybody stand up. Musicians, you can start making your way up here. All right. Anyone ready to have fun? I need you to loosen up. Loosen up. Loosen up. Loosen up. Loosen up. Shake all those shackles off, whatever you're chained up with. Now, I know some of y'all grew up in the first church of the frigid air, and that's all right. You're going to be scared to death. But we're about to get loosened up here. Sometimes the Bible said that David danced before the Lord. When they brought the Ark of the Covenant in, he danced. Why? Because that was the glory of God. That was the presence of God on the earth. He danced as the presence of God came back to its rightful home there in Jerusalem. Matter of fact, he danced so crazy, he stripped down to his drawers, right? Nobody do that today. I'm not, I don't want you to go all, you know, when I was a kid, we used to sing this song, uh, was it when the spirit of the Lord comes on my heart, I will dance like David danced. I was like, please don't. Please, I don't want anyone in church to be dancing like David did because I don't want you in your skivvies, right? So, but sometimes you got to groove a little bit. Sometimes you got to move. Sometimes you got to lift yourself up and you got to worship. Matter of fact, he danced to the point that when he got back to his, his home that night, his wife said, you look like an idiot out there. And he said, read it. And he, and, and he said, you remember what he said? He said, if you think I look crazy today, Wait till you see me tomorrow. <laughs> Look, there's a time to mourn. There's a time to weep. There's a time to sow. There's a time to harvest. There's a time to rejoice. And there's a time to cut a little rug. That's the first book of David, all right? So I want, I want to introduce you guys to the, to the one. All right, John, go ahead and play that song for me. Turn it up nice and loud. John's over there jamming out. John was grooving. Do you see that? John was grooving back there. He was our own DJ back there. Just had that shoulder working. <laughs> listen, listen. Now, look, look. We're going to play. We're going to sing one more song. 
Don't worry, it's going to sound really white to most of you guys. Right? Y'all are going to be like, oh, this is much better. Yes, uh, I feel this. That's all right. Y'all can be like that all you want. I'll sit back there and play my rhythm. But I want you to worship this last song. I want you to praise him. One more time, hear his heartbeat. Get his cadence so that you can go out in this world after we've gathered together, make an impact, and let's come back on the one so that we can worship the one. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. Let it bear fruit. Give us a joy and a passion to get together, to gather, to hear your heart, to hear your word, and to lift each other up. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.